Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This is a CBS News special report. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We are coming on the air with breaking news at this hour. You are looking at live pictures of Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. President Trump is expected to leave there in the next few minutes, three days almost to the minute after being admitted to the hospital to receive aggressive treatment for coronavirus. Now, we expect that the president will walk out of the hospital and then get into a motorcade for a short drive to the helicopter landing zone. He will then board Marine One for the 10-minute flight back to the South Lawn of the White House. Now, President Trump's decision to return to the White House comes after his doctors said this afternoon in a new press conference that he continues to improve. They said he has not had a fever in three days and that he is up and walking around. But they also said he, quote, may not be entirely out of the woods. Take a look at this tweet this afternoon. The president told Americans, quote, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. This comes as more than 7 million people in the U.S. have contracted the virus and more than 210,000 have died from it nationwide. It's also worth noting that President Trump has been receiving and will continue to receive the very best care in the world at Walter Reed, including an experimental drug therapy that is not available to most Americans. His doctor says he will continue his treatment at the White House, which is equipped with an advanced medical office there. There are still very many unanswered questions as we come on the air about the president's symptoms and about how sick he actually is. Among the medications he is receiving is a steroid usually reserved for the most serious cases. And his physician, Dr. Sean Conley, admitted it was unchartered territory to receive such aggressive treatment so early 
in a patient's illness. Now, the president will also be returning to a White House that is in the midst of a coronavirus outbreak. Today, we learned that press secretary Kaylee McEnany said she tested positive for COVID-19, along with two members of her press staff. Now, when you look at the entire picture, that means at least 19 people now connected to the president or the White House have coronavirus. We have our entire CBS News team here, and I want to bring in CBS's Ben Tracy. He is at the White House at this hour. And Ben, describe what this will mean, having the president return to the White House. Well, the president's going to be returning to a very quiet White House. Normally in a situation like this, you might expect that a, a large number of White House staff would be out on the lawn to be clapping for the president to welcome him back as Marine One lands on the South Lawn. That's unlikely to happen tonight because there just aren't that many people here because of the coronavirus outbreak. And this news today that the press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, had tested positive, as well as two other aides in her office, and then all those other people from that Rose Garden event about a week ago, this has really hit the White House hard. And people here are wondering when more positive test results will be coming because of the exposure people have now had here to people who have tested positive. So th that is the White House that the president returns to. He returns to a White House where the First Lady is currently isolating up in the residence. One of his top aides, Hope Hicks, is gone. She has tested positive for the virus, as well as, as we just mentioned, his press secretary, his campaign manager as well. So this is a very different landscape than what President Trump left just 72 hours ago and we're about to see the reverse of what we saw on Friday of Marine One taking off from the South Lawn. We'll see that land here at the White House. The president walked back into the residence. But a lot of questions about what the president will do once he's back here at the White House. Will he isolate up in the residence? Will he go to the Oval Office? Those are questions we just don't know yet. All right, Ben Tracy, stand by at the White House as we wait for the president to come out of these doors, those very same doors that his, his doctors have come out of to brief, brief the press in the last couple of days. I want to bring in Dr. John LaPook, our chief medical correspondent, and Dr. LaPook. This is essentially what we believe to be day five, the president uh, testing positive on Thursday. So five days later, where is this usually in the course of uh, someone's um, symptoms from COVID-19? Well, you know, it can vary, but, but from the time that you get exposed and infected until the time you become infectious is usually about five days. Uh, and then after that, you know, you have this biphasic course. So in the first week or so, you can have mild symptoms at the so-called viral replication phase. And in the second week, suddenly people can take a turn for the worse. And that's the so-called inflammatory phase. So that's one of the reasons why they're saying we're not out of the woods yet, because they really, even though we're just day four or five at this point, his symptoms may be getting better right now, but they're not going to take anything for granted. The president's doctors did give some additional information about the president's vitals, which sounded very good, his heart rate, his blood pressure. But we did not learn about his lung scans. Is it possible that the president has pneumonia? I think, I mean, you know, here we are speculating, which is something you never like to do from the outside. But I think it's likely that he has pneumonia. I mean, you would think that if he had a normal CT scan, uh, that they would be shouting that from the rooftops. And the same thing with the blood test. The other thing that we don't know is what are the inflammatory markers? You want to look in the blood for evidence that there's a lot of inflammation going on, because in that secondary uh, inflammatory phase that often happens in week two, that's where you can really get into trouble, where you have so much inflammation, an over-exuberant response of the body to the virus that the immune system itself ends up damaging the body more than even the virus itself does. 
And also, thank you, Dr. LaPook. Want to bring in uh, Major Garrett. We're just moments away from seeing the president. And Major, I know you've spoken with advisors close mm-hmm. to the president. What does this mean politically in some ways? We've talked about the medical aspect politically. Well, already politically, there is this aura around the president. He's beaten COVID-19. There's almost this heroic meme that's being developed by Republicans and Trump supporters. So what the White House advisors I talked to today said is there was a lively conversation earlier today, Nora, about the president leaving Walter Reed and coming back to the White House. And the conversation went as follows. The president, if he comes back to the White House, has to stay there. If he goes back to Walter Reed for any medical reasons, it will break this narrative of this heroic triumph over COVID-19. That's why I think you saw some emphasis from the president's physicians today describing all of the facilities available to the president to monitor him at the White House if there is anything subsequently that goes awry. The other conversation going on at the White House today was how the president will work. Will he do most of it from the residence? Going to the Oval Office is not really recommended right now, as Ben Tracy pointed out. Because there are so many positive tests within the West Wing, that's complicated. One other matter that was also under active discussion today, how soon would the president go back on the campaign trail? He has tweeted he will do that soon, but the expectation among several advisors I talked to today is the president would not actively campaign in person until after the second presidential debate. And I want to bring in Dr. LaPook on that matter because the president said today he's ready for that second debate on, I believe it's October 15th, with Joe Biden. Is it possible he could be ready for that? You know, you don't want to start predicting things and and boxing yourself in saying, I'm going to do this when you're in an uncertain situation. I mean, yes, he's being discharged from the hospital, but really he's being transferred almost to a step-down unit because the White House, I spoke to somebody who has had a tour of that medical unit there. It's very sophisticated. It's not quite an ICU at the level of Walter uh, Reed, but it's almost. And if it's staffed well, they've got ventilatory support, all sorts of other support. So he's going to be in a very monitored situation. The thought that he's being discharged home, it's not like any home you or I would have. It's really to another medical facility. So I I think to talk about what's going to happen in the future in terms of debate is really boxing yourself into the corner. As a physician, I would never do that. I'd say, let's see what happens. Dr. LaPook, thank you. And you see now the president of the United States flanked by his Secret Service agents walking to a... Motorcade in his SUV. How many of your staff are fed? Thank you very much. Do you think you might be a super spreader, Mr. President? Uh, The president not wearing a cloth mask, but wearing a surgical mask. Today and giving a thumbs up to the members of the White House travel pool who are now racing in what is about 100 yards. They have to turn off the camera because they have to race 100 yards to where Marine One is waiting to take the president back to the White House. The president had indicated that he wanted to return to the White House complex um, to continue his work. 
and to remain in isolation or quarantine uh, at the White House. I, I use that phrase while, while the CDC recommendations are that if you are infected, you are supposed to isolate. However, it's different for the commander in chief and his doctors were not clear today about whether he would isolate in the residence or whether he would be able to roam uh, the White House grounds, which is not only a home, it's also an office and the, the people's home uh, there. Want to bring back in uh, Ben Tracy and um, at the White House. And Ben, is there any indication that we may hear from the president of the United States tonight? Well, that's what we've been wondering. Would he stop and talk to uh, the small group of reporters there at Walter Reed before getting to the motorcade? Obviously, he did not do that. He pumped his fist. He gave a thumbs up uh, in very uh, President Trump style. He'll have another opportunity when Marine One lands on the, the lawn here. We're assuming that there will be a small pool of journalists out there to capture that moment as well. President Trump is not known for actually stopping and talking on his way into the residence. When you see him out there talking to us with the helicopter whirling in the background, that's usually when he's on his way somewhere else. Uh, but if the president did want to talk, that would be an opportunity for him. I, uh, my guess is that is unlikely, just given the circumstances here, that he's not going to want to get involved in a back and forth with the media. You heard some of the questions being lobbed at the president there. They weren't so much, how are you feeling? I think I heard somebody say, uh, do you think you're part of a super spreader event or so something along those lines? Uh, so the president might uh, want to give it a few days before uh, he does come out and talk. But we'll see. You know, I think this we're in uncharted territories to have territory to have a president come back to the White House and have to quarantine or isolate himself if he's going to follow the CDC guidelines. So right. we very well may not see President Trump in person for a while. But my guess is we will hear from him on some of his favorite channels that he likes to call into. Ben Tracy, thank you. And I'll just give you, if I can, a split screen of the South Lawn of the White House where we always see Marine One land. If we can show that and you can see, uh, if we can pull up there, the lights are on there in the White House. And if you had your binoculars on, you could see that there are actually some American flags out on just outside of the Blue Room, which would be an occasion for the president to stand there perhaps and wave and get a photo or perhaps speak to the American people from there. And I point that out as I want to bring in Major Garrett because... The president wants to convey strength. He wants to convey that he has not been beaten by the coronavirus. And, Major, the president has chosen to do to return to the White House at 630 for a yes. reason, correct? That is not accidental, Nora. And the president's medical team assured the country today, and we must take them at their word, that this is a medically appropriate day for him to return to the White House. The time, of course, was largely up to the president. And it is no coincidence that it is happening in a news-dominant time on the East Coast. 6.30, network news broadcast, ours and others, timed almost to the minute. Now, to be saying that is to also be aware, as I very much am, having covered this campaign back in 2016, that whenever the Trump campaign can position itself between the media and its supporters, it will do so. So I choose my words cautiously, but it is a fact that this is timed to dominate the news cycle on network news and cable to put the president and this, as I said, emerging Republican theme of triumphing over COVID-19 in the absolute maximalist video position. And that is the president's choosing. This is a part of his flair for production, his understanding of television, his understanding of social media, and his understanding of ways to communicate that which he wants to at a time of duress for his presidency, of which the last 72 hours have most certainly been. 
But as Ben Tracy pointed out, and as my reporting reflects, once he gets back to the White House, just how visible can this president be? That is very much up in the air. It's unclear how this president will try to prepare for the second debate, because in-person debate prep is clearly going to be ruled out. Do you do that by Zoom? How do you receive your briefings? In-person briefings, I'm told, are going to be discouraged, at least initially. So that means a lot of paper, telephone, maybe some video. Is it in the residence? What part of the White House might he ever go to? All of these things right now are very much up in the air. But at this hour, with that walk and the thumbs up, the president is trying to convey not only a sense of strength, but I've got the upper hand on this. His doctors know that the next three or four days, as they said today, still have some measure of caution that must be taken. The doctors said themselves today they will not breathe a sigh of relief until a week from today. Nora. Major Garrett, thank you. Dr. LaPook, as we have this split screen now between Marine One leaving Walter Reed, which in less than 10 minutes will be landing on the south lawn of the White House, where you see just outside the blue room, the lights are on, the balcony lit up, um, the American flag's there in case the president wants to make some remarks. We will likely see him there. It will be a photo opportunity that could be the front pages of tomorrow's newspapers that the president uh, is seeking to gain with that, as well as a wave to the American people. And also, he is the commander in chief, and it is uh, important to convey strength to the world. That is part of this, and he he acknowledges that. And it is less than 30 days before uh, America chooses its next president. I want to bring in Dr. LaPook because... One of the emerging themes today as we cover the news is the White House is having an outbreak of coronavirus. There are now 19, by our count, uh, individuals that work at the White House, connected to the president or the campaign, uh, that have now contracted coronavirus that we know of. Uh, the White House is not releasing who has tested positive. This is just based on what reporters have been able uh, to glean from their reporting. We don't know where, if it was the Rose Garden event for Amy Coney Barrett. But shockingly, we learned today that the White House nor the CDC is doing any contact tracing for that White House Rose Garden event. Does that, without passing judgment on that, does that indicate we, we may have some more third-generation um, cases of coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, what you want to do in a situation like this is get your arms around it, and the typical thing would be to do extensive contact tracing. Uh, as you said, the CDC has not been asked to come in. Um, and one of the things that I was wondering about was who is collecting specimens from people who are infected because, you know, you want to take them and you want to store them and do what's called molecular fingerprinting on them at some point in the future. That can help you figure out uh, who, where did it start and how did it spread. It's not to point fingers, Nora, but it's to figure out maybe there's a way that we can try to prevent something like this from happening in the future. I think it's very important to do extensive contact tracing. People need to know, are they in danger? And we know that since about half of the people who are infected do not ever have symptoms or they have uh, no symptoms before getting symptoms of several days later, that there are a lot of people who could be infected walking around and spreading it to other people. So you do want to do the contact tracing. And if they're positive, you want to put them in quarantine and, and then figure out who they were with. The president's White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, accompanying the president on Marine One, as well as the pilots, at, uh, the chief of staff wearing an N95 mask. We saw the president wearing a surgical mask. Are those in close contact with the president vulnerable to infection? 
Well, sure. I mean, you know, one of the things that's emerged today is that the CDC has finally said that, yes, although spread of this uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, from person to person through the air usually happens through droplets, big and small, within about six feet, you can have spread beyond six feet of the smaller droplets. They can aerosolize and just float across the room, especially in rooms that are poorly ventilated. And the longer it's there and the more the number of people that are there, these droplets can accumulate and they can infect people. We have had these other events like the choir in Washington State where one person uh, looks like they infected 52 others and many other events just like that. So when you think about the White House and people who are around the president, what is being done in terms of mask wearing? Everybody certainly has to wear masks, but I would think even beyond the six feet. And uh, so that's something that's changing today that may give them pause and may help them rethink uh, their strategy. Some of you may have noticed a second helicopter in that shot. That's because Marine One usually travels in a formation of three helicopters to act as decoys when the president travels, not only domestically, but internationally. That is a safety measure that surrounds the commander in chief. Um, one other quick question I want to ask you, Dr. LaPook, is about the treatment that the president is receiving. He is on dexamethasone, a steroid, which you pointed out is a very strong steroid. He has also had an early dose of uh, Regeneron, an antiviral, a monoclonal antibody. And then he is receiving a five-day course of remdesivir, which has received an emergency use authorization by the FDA. It is not widely available to most of the public, but it can be requested of the remdesivir. He, we were told he would get his fourth dose before leaving Walter Reed. It is administered um, intravenously and that he will get his fifth dose tomorrow at the White House. I had heard, you know, some some concern by non-doctors speculating that they wouldn't be able to give him that at home, but he can receive excellent oh, Medicare at the White House. Absolutely he can. And so there's no doubt that he can get intravenous uh, medication. He could be followed closely. I'm sure there's going to be respiratory experts there. I, I would be very surprised if there's not an anesthesiologist there in case he gets into respiratory trouble. But yeah, it's, it's a powerful drug. And I want to point something else about, we've talked about the nuances, how we're getting sort of filtered information. So it's hard to really figure out exactly what was the logic between between the kind of strategy that was used. But one thing about dexamethasone is it's a steroid, and steroids can suppress normal fever. So the fact that he has no fever for several days is great news, but you do wonder what would happen without the steroid. And maybe this is too fine a detail, but I'm curious about it. I mean, how long can you take that dexamethasone, that steroid? Well, people can take steroids, you know, for chronically, and then you can get into some long-term uh, side effects about it. Uh, but that's going to be up to a clinical decision uh, on their part. I know the remdesivir is five days, uh, and I suspect that they're going to be playing it by ear in terms of the dexamethasone because uh, this is uncharted territory, giving all three of these uh, together at the same time. And I think maybe, you know, trying to think about what the logic is, that the first week where you want the virus to be beaten down, that's the remdesivir and the monoclonal clonal antibody made by Regeneron. And then in the second week, when you start to have inflammation, that's what where the steroid would come into play. And normally you'd worry, well, giving a steroid could decrease your immune response and decrease the ability to clear those uh, the virus. But maybe because they're giving and, the, those two other medicines, they're taking care of the virus. And yet we heard from his personal physician, Dr. Connolly. Uh, I just want to point out, though, you see the president flying close to the Pentagon uh, there, a, a beautiful sight of, of what is... Uh, Arlington, Virginia. Um, 
the headquarters of our nation's military there, the Pentagon, uh, just at dusk here in Washington, D.C. And, and Dr. LaPook, um, we did hear from Dr. Connolly say that a final deep sigh of relief, excuse me, Dr. Connolly said there won't be a final deep sigh of relief until for nearly a week. Why is that? Again, it's that the biphasic uh, course of this disease. So I took care of patients with COVID-19 in in April uh, on the wards at NYU Langone. And what would happen is people would go along and they'd do okay for about a week or so as the virus was replicating in that first phase. And then suddenly they would come into the hospital and they would get sick like that. They could be in the emergency room looking fine and then an hour later have a breathing tube. And it happens like that. So it's very surprising. It's that second inflammatory phase when suddenly what's happening is not the virus replicating so much as your immune system coming after the virus. And in trying to kill the virus, it ends up blowing up parts of your own body. And it can affect all parts of your body, the blood vessels, of course, your lungs, but also your head and and, and your heart. So uh, that second phase where you get the inflammation, that's so important to really keep your eye on it. And there you can see the president, we just lost the shot, but was flying uh, right near the Jefferson Memorial to land then on the south lawn of the White House. I want to bring in Ben Tracy, because as the president lands, he will actually be flying over what is a essentially a communal mourning for the nearly 210,000 victims of coronavirus. The COVID-19 survivors have set up 20,000 empty chairs there right by the White House. It will be quite a sight to see from above. Yeah, and as we're watching this right now, we can hear the helicopter Marine One landing here at the White House. But that, that display you just mentioned, the president literally is flying over that right now. It's on the ellipse just outside of the White House. Uh, I did see it this week, and it's very striking. You see, obviously, the rotors there uh, doing their number on the fountains on the White House South Lawn. The helicopter will now spin around, uh, land. For people who have not seen this in person, it's an amazing sight to see how these uh, pilots land these helicopters with such precision on the South lawn. Uh, And then it'll take a little while for those rotors to stop. The president will eventually get out. And, you know, as I said on Friday, I just want to warn people, you won't actually from this shot see the president get out of the helicopter. We're on the we're on the back side of it with this shot. You will eventually see that when the video from the small group of journalists that are out there is fed back in and we'll be able to share that with people. But Nora, I think what's going to be really interesting is what do we hear from the president about coronavirus going forward? He said in that video that he released from the hospital last night that he's learned a lot, that he gets it, that he understands it, uh, and that he wants to share that with the American people. I think there's a real question based on his tweets today. What did he learn from this? Because he said, don't be afraid. Don't let this dominate your life. So it'll be interesting to see if his takeaway from this is coronavirus is not that big of a deal. Look, I was only in the hospital for three days. Or is he going to come out and say, you know what, I get this in a way that I didn't before because I personally experienced it. And here are some things that I now want to do for the country. And Ben, I want you to describe, because we talked about this outbreak now at the White House, the 19 individuals, and now the White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany. She was uh, briefing reporters without a mask over the weekend. Weekend, uh, Does that mean that has led to a number of staff and other reporters to now have to quarantine? 
Certainly some reporters are doing that. Even people on our own team are having to quarantine because of their uh, their proximity to Kaylee McEnany over the last couple of days. I think what's going to be very interesting, though, is to see if the White House staff follows the CDC guidelines and does quarantine, because we even saw today one of the, the White House press officials still here at the White House working, and that person obviously would have had contact uh, with Kaylee McEnany. They all work in a very small space here in the White House in the West Wing. Um, so what we're basically have seen in the last couple of days is if you test negative here at the White House as staff, they kind of stay on. And what Kaylee said in her statement today, she said, you know, she had four negative tests since last Thursday and then tested positive today. But that means over the course of the last couple of days, she was infectious and, and may have, may have uh, infected a lot of other people here. So we'll see if this changes anything for the White House going forward, if they take that more seriously to make sure that if you have had exposure, even if you have a negative test, that you are staying home, that you are staying away from the physical place here, especially now that the president is coming back. And real questions tonight about Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who is on that helicopter right now with the president. He is basically with several people now at the White House who have tested positive. Uh, we're told by his office today that he actually tested negative this morning. Ben Tracy, thank you. I want to bring in Major Garrett. On that note, not only the president and the first lady, the president's campaign manager, manager the president's top communications advisor, the president's press secretary, the president's former senior advisor, Kellyanne Conway. The list goes on. The head of the, the RNC. Goes, right. The list goes on and on. And this is to Ben Tracy's excellent within the White House about Mark Meadows and Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner, because all three of them are, of course, important advisors to this president and all are part of this larger Venn diagram of people within the West Wing who have interacted with the president and who have now tested positive. As Ben Tracy said, Mark Meadows tested negative this morning, but as Kaylee McEnany learned today, you can test negative for several days in a row and then test positive because of the transmissibility and how long it takes for the virus to become detectable within your body. So there is a concern this week that even as the president returns and there is this, a dimension of triumphalism about that, other parts of this story could become problematic as this week continues if Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, Jared Kushner, Ivanka mm -hmm. Kushner, Ivanka Trump rather, test positive as well. And uh, you can see the president essentially deplaning now from Marine One, where he will enter there on the South Lawn into what is the diplomatic room where he where you saw him post that video, if you recall, on Friday uh, night. And um, that looks like, yes, the president has walked the stairs. That is not the Truman balcony that is just outside the blue room. Right. Removing his mask. And Major, that's the shot that the president wants for the front page of the newspapers. That is the shot the president wants. That is perfectly timed, I think he would say, as someone experienced in network television just coming up on 7 o'clock Eastern Time, fully filling the allotted half hour for network news. That, again, is not a criticism. It is just an observation, and it is a acknowledgement of this president's unique sense of this medium, of the presidency within it, and his ability and his willingness and his Thanks. desire 
to project strength and confidence. Major Garrett, thank you. And there, the reality TV president who became famous through Apprentice and around the world has now scripted the last 30 minutes of broadcast television with a return from three days at the nation's premier military medical center, Walter Reed, and returning now to the White House. Our coverage will continue on our 24-hour streaming network, CBSN. There will be also more on your local news. This has been a CBS News special report. Thank you for joining us. I'm Nora O'Donnell, CBS News, Washington. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of evening news. And you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.